Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, and we are with you until midnight. So Bruce Arians out as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. Do you believe me? The conspiracy that I have is pretty damn simple. It's not that much of a conspiracy. Brady's condition to come back to play is you got to get the hell. You got to get Bruce Arians the hell out of town. Because I do truly believe that Brady felt he could pull a power play on the Buccaneers organization. When he had that fake retirement, his plan was, okay, either you guys trade me or I'm going to retire. And the Buccaneers said, okay, Tom, retire. They called this bluff. They said, you're going to retire? Okay, go ahead and retire. You're only playing for us. So when the Buccaneers weren't able to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, because remember that reporting, oh, yeah, they're in on all these guys. They're in on the quarterback market. When that didn't happen, Brady knew that if he wanted to play, it was going to have to be for the Buccaneers. Then he goes and he meets the Glazer family to watch Ronaldo play for Man U. And he tells them, okay, well, you guys called my bluff. I don't think he actually said that. But, hey, I'll come back, but I get two conditions. First of all, I'm picking all the players like I've done for the past couple of years. So they were probably like, yeah, Tom, you have to retire for that. Obviously, you could do that. Oh, oh, yeah, but here's my other condition. you got to fire Arians. And that's exactly what happened. Tom got exactly what he wanted. So do you buy into my theory on this whole situation? Also, if you want to win in the Celtics losing, biggest concern, another close game they lose. They're now 12-21 and 21 in clutch games this season. That means when the score is within five points with five minutes remaining in the game. The Celtics are 12-21, and 21, by far the worst of any Eastern Conference playoff team. That is certainly a concern going forward for the Celtics. And by the way, here's another troubling number I told you. I'm going to pay off the tease. The troubling number for the Celtics. Remember when Grant Williams a couple of weeks ago called himself Batman? Remember that? Called him, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, really. Sunday, the 20th, the Celtics demolish the Denver Nuggets, 124-104. to 104. The Joker, Nikola Jokic, Grant Williams, give him credit, did a good job defensively on the Joker. But Grant Williams, after that game, says he wants to be Batman. Jason Tatum says he's not going to call him Batman. A couple of games after that, Grant Williams up at the podium. He gives the whole team, like, superhero nicknames. Well, since Grant Williams called himself Batman after the Nuggets game, he is 18 of 43 from the field. That is 41.8%. He is 3 of 13 from three-point territory in that particular stretch. That's 23%. This is a guy that was the best corner three shooter in the league this season. He is now three for his last 13 from deep. So this whole idea of giving himself the Batman nickname, uh, not working out for Grant Williams right now because he does not look like the Batman whatsoever. 
All right, let's kick it off. Let's get to Paul. Paul, what's up, man? What's up, Paul? Brian. Brian. Hey, Paulie. Brian. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? How are How you? you? Doing, Haven't heard from you a I'm little doing bit. Okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than I was a couple of hours ago, I'll tell you that. What happened? <laughs> oh, man, it's been tough getting on much, yo, with the new producer that's filling in for Ben. You know, we're at odds. You know, but anyway, anyway, we'll leave, we'll leave it there. But anyway, um, good nice to talk to you, Brian. A um, couple of things first on uh, on on the Celtics, Robert Williams. Uh, I know you're a, you're a basketball player. You love basketball like I love hockey and baseball and uh, hockey and football, I should say. And uh, you played a lot of it, and I know you're adept at the, your knowledge of the sport. But you have to admit that they just lost the Celtics. Just lost their backbone. They already lost two games. I know they were undermanned uh, the uh, last night, but tonight they had a pretty much a full squad, and uh, they they still faltered. They don't have that that man in the middle to embolden the rest of the crew to get them play uh, go that extra yard, you know, play a little bit harder. That's what he does. He's their main tiger. He's the guy that that uh, he's the catalyst. That he's the guy that's the straw that stirs the drink. Well, yeah, on the and defensive end, they, they definitely come back. Do. I mean, it's it's like you know, it's like having a great pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, he erases everything, right? I mean, he damages everything. That's what he does defensively. And when they have him on yes, the floor, defensively, the floor, Brian. Yeah, I mean, he's he a dominant defensive ends player. Of the floor. Yeah, and to give the coach he's credit, dominant. Ime Adoka uses him in the perfect way. He has him roaming, a la like a free safety, and he's got him blocking everything. So yeah, it's a massive loss. What was your other point, well, Paul? Well, you. you well, you're gonna well, you're gonna lose some momentum right now, Brian. You're already starting to lose it, and you're gonna hope that he can shake off the rust quickly if they can get that far, you know, and 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 get that train moving, you know, as fast as it was and back back in the other direction. I mean, they that was a locomotive that was just not going to be stopped. I just have a real hard time, Brian, believing that's going to happen again. I think you're buying the sky on that, but on Tom Brady. Now, first, yeah, yeah he wanted he wanted Arians out. But he was headed to San Francisco. I, I know he was, but I think we all understand that. And there's further proof that he was going to go to San Francisco by when after he, he went back to Tampa Bay, he was forced back to Tampa Bay. Suddenly, Trey Lance has, has promised the job, and suddenly Jimmy Garoppolo is, is, is not going to be leaving. He already said his goodbyes in San, uh, to San Francisco and all that. He may now be back. not going to let him go. Yeah, Brady, he may be Brady back. was their guy. But you know that now he's he's in Tampa Bay. What happens next year will remain to be seen. Tom Brady does not forget, okay? And he he was forced to stay there by Glazier. So I say that he 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 does the best he can for one year. And if everything, I mean, if everything doesn't break his way, and they go to the Super Bowl, if if there's one little thing that goes wrong, um, he's he's out of there. I think he only signs for one year. And then he probably ends up in Miami unless Trey Lance falls on his face, and then he goes back to San Fran. Did what? What he? What they stopped him from doing? What they held? What Glazer held him back from? From living his boyhood dream? You know what? And Paulie, Paulie, you know what? I give the Glazer family a lot of credit for this because you know what? This owner didn't have the balls to do that. Because here's the thing, Paulie. Yeah, well, he sucks. Yeah, look, Paulie, my Brady, that's Babe Ruth. That's Bobby Orr. Well, he's the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. You allow him. He earned his stripes. 
22 years later, he had an opportunity. It was a perfect storm, and he wanted to go home, and you stopped him. No, well, hold on, no, Paulie. He's no, a no, maggot. No, no, no Paulie, hold on. Glazer is a maggot Paulie. for stop, not letting him go home, Brian. He's under contract. Paulie, he's under contract. No. And they said we're not letting you out. There. See, Kraft did it wrong, some Paulie. Things, Brian, some things are sacred. Bob, that's something that and, and, and he is. He's a sacred cow. That's something that Bob Kraft should have said to, to, to Coach Belichick. Like um, like Harry Sinden, who said to, to, said to people, ask him, why, why don't you trade Ray Bork? He's towards, towards the end of his, his, his tenure here. You know, yeah, but Paulie, and, that's and totally different. Ray team. Bork was trying and, to and win Harry a cup. Sinden said, some things are sacred. Oh, Paulie, come and on, Tom, man. Look, Paulie, I appreciate, the, I appreciate the call. Ray Bork was going to win a cup. He was going to win a cup with the Bruins. They sent him to the Avalanche to win a cup. Totally different situation. I give the Glazer family credit for saying, no, Tom, you can retire, but we're not trading you. I, you can say you're going to – we'll move on. But you're not playing for a different team this season. We have you under contract. You are not playing for a different team. I give them credit for that because Kraft wouldn't do it, okay? If you think back to what happened with the Patriots at the end, you tell me everything we know about Bill Belichick. You think that Bill decided, okay, yeah, this is cool. We'll take the franchise tag out of Tom Brady's contract. Bill didn't have a contingency plan. Bill did not have a replacement in place. You don't think that Bill would have used the franchise tag? And look, Brady could have cried all he wanted, complained all he wanted, but they would have gotten something back for Brady if Belichick had it his way. Or Brady would have played for the team that upcoming season. He probably wouldn't have because he was pissed off. But why would you take that negotiating chip away from Belichick? Clearly, Bill wouldn't do it to himself. Robert Kraft did it. Robert Kraft, oh yeah, oh Tom, fine. Uh, you want you don't want the franchise tag? Tom's telling you he's going to leave. So at least have that negotiating power in place for Bill. I truly believe that it was Kraft that gave him that, not Bill. Let's get to Johnny. Johnny, what's up? Uh, good evening, Brian. How you doing, man? So all those all those things Paulie mentioned about Robert Williams is exactly why I'm optimistic about this uh, surgery being successful. Just people need to realize. He was playing every night with a sore knee. The nights he sat out, he was just too sore to play. So imagine what he will be like coming back on a rehabilitated, strengthened knee and being able to play at his uh, maximum potential. All they have to do is get through the first round of the playoffs, and that is a possibility. So I'm very optimistic about this team going into the playoffs even still. Yeah, well, it did feel like it was a ticking time bomb, right, Johnny? Because he kept missing games with left knee soreness. You felt like something was going to happen. Yeah, it was either uh, play through it and see where they are in the standing. Like, I feel like part of the reason why they went forward with the surgery is because where they they, they made it all the way up to first place, and they this organization house feels like they have a legitimate chance to contend for a title this year, and they need him to be. 100% in order for that to be legitimate. So Yeah, good stuff, if, Johnny. If they, were in seventh, if they were in seventh, maybe he doesn't get the surgery, you know? So, what do you mean? Why? He, he's got to get the surgery either way. Well, you know, wait till the end of the season, wait longer. You know, they, it, it was just No, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you wait, Johnny. I mean, either way, I don't think you wait. I understand your point about getting him back, and I appreciate the call, but you're not going to wait. The guy tore his meniscus. He's going to get his surgery as quick as he possibly can. And really, the reason that he's coming back sooner is because they couldn't repair the whole thing. They had to take it out, which means the recovery is quicker. And it's not like a brutal, brutal surgery. I mean, this is something that guys come back from all the time in the NBA. 
in a short amount of time. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Paul. He is in Westfield. Paul, what's up, man? Hey, Professor Barrett. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I have some data information on a counterpoint. Uh-oh. I don't think we lost. Yes, sir. I don't think we lost the game because we were missing Time Lord Williams. We clearly lost the game for the following reasons. We had 12 turnovers by the first four minutes in the third quarter. Yeah. Thice was six for six. Thice was six for six. He's playing really good. He can emerge. We had no answer for Adam Bayou on the handoff, the check down, and the zone. None. Him, he, he single-handedly beat us. And whether you like it or not. Well, we Paul, to your point, though, that is, that is where you were losing, Williams. Yeah, against Adam Bayou, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay, so so Thais has to step up and start hammering the boards and playing harder defense. And and, and we saw we saw um, blatant traveling by Miami towards the end of the game. We saw a blatant bad call where the ball went out of bounds that that we should have had back. Oh, uh, you know, Paul, not, the, the, the look, Paul, the 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 officiating all night was absolutely atrocious. I'm with you on that. I don't think it like favored one team or the other. I just felt like. The official site, Ed Malloy and company, they were absolutely horrible. They should be ashamed of themselves. This is a national game yeah. on ESPN. They yeah. were freaking atrocious. How about the call that they had? Look, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer on this. At the end of the third quarter, was it that they call a foul on Al for pushing a guy in the back yeah. when he got pushed underneath the cup? I, I, I don't understand how that's a foul on Al. I mean, I thought they were miserable. I thought they were absolutely – and look, Tatum kept talking to the official. This is an all-star level player. This is an all-NBA player. There has to be some sort of leeway. And because Lowry starts baiting the official, that's why you give Tatum the T. And also, like, Paul, I appreciate the call, by the way. Great stuff tonight as always. But, I mean, Lowry, I cannot stand that guy. And I'm sure everybody feels the same way about Smart that roots for other teams. But, my God, I, that guy, he just pretends stuff happens to him. He doesn't even get touched, and he pretends stuff happens to him. I, I remember a couple of years ago, and this is what irritates me about, like, points of emphasis in leagues, the NFL, the NBA. Say, point of emphasis. If you flop, you're getting a technical foul. It never happens, okay? It never freaking happens. And Lowry, man, if they the Celtics get into a playoff, a potential second-round playoff series against the Heat, oh, my God, is that going to be brutal to watch? I can't stand Hero. I can't stand Lowry. I, Butler does the same damn thing. There was a play tonight where I don't even think Butler looked at the basket. He just jumped into a guy. It's like almost as bad as James Harden. He wasn't even trying to score. He just jumped into the guy. He just I, I think it was Tatum. He just jumped into him. I, I don't know. That's not basketball. We see this with James Harden. We see it with Lowry. We see it with Butler. They don't play basketball half the time. They try to game the rules. They just jump into people, and the officials reward them with calls. It's absolutely atrocious. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you do want to win in the Celtics, they're lost tonight. How concerned are you? Are you optimistic with the Robert Williams news we got today that the timeline is four to six weeks? And also... What do you make of this whole situation with Tom Brady essentially getting Bruce Arians fired? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you on EA. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, well, rough one for the Seas tonight over at the Garden. They fell to the Heat 106-98. With the loss now, the Seas moved back to the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. Miami the one seed as of right now. In the fourth quarter, the Heat outscored the Seas 27-15. to 
The Celtics are now 12-21 and 21 in clutch games. That means the score is within five points with five minutes or less in the game. Jason Tatum tonight, 23 points, six assists. He was 0-5 from three. Big game for Jalen Brown, 28-10. and 10. He also dished out six assists. Marcus Smart, 10-8. and 8. But he did, of course, have six turnovers in this game as well. Daniel Tice, 15 off the bench. As Paul was saying, he was 6-6 six of six from the field. Kyle Lowry, 23 points. Jimmy Butler, 24. Bam Adebayo, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals. I was having flashbacks to that series in the bubble where he kicked Tice's ass. The Tice was fine tonight. But remember how good Bam was in that series? I don't want to see any more of that guy without Robert Williams on the court. The Seas will host the Pacers on Friday night. Meanwhile, Bruce Arians <laughs> retiring from coaching. At least that's that's what they're telling us. Todd Bowles is going to take over. Arians will step into a front office role. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of say in the decision-making process here. He's going to be heavily involved in the draft, I would imagine. The Bees will host the Devils on Thursday night. They're coming off that 6-4 to loss to the Leafs on Tuesday. How about the Sox? They beat the Braves 10-7 to this afternoon down in Florida. Trevor Story, one for two with an RBI and a walk in his first game of the spring. He made his debut with the team, of course. He had missed the past couple of games as his wife had a child. Rafael Devers went deep. Fourth of the spring for Devers. He is hitting absolute bombs. Christian Vasquez and Jonathan Arauz also with home runs. Tanner Houck gave up one earned on five hits in four innings. I chatted with Brad Fo about this a little bit tonight. I'm concerned about Houck. He's just not con- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Assistant, he finished with four strikeouts. The Sox will play the Twins tomorrow afternoon, 105 first pitch over on AM 850. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. All right, Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So two big stories tonight, of course. The Celtics go down to the Heat. How concerned are you about the way this team is finishing close games? They're now 12-21 and 21 in clutch games. The score within five points of the final five minutes. Are you more optimistic now that we get the news today that Robert Williams could be back for the second round and the Brady situation? Did Brady get Bruce Arians fired? 617-779-7937 is the number. Uh, another note real quickly on the Celtics. This has been a big story the past couple of days since the C's played in Toronto. Gary Washburn tweeted out that Al Horford says 
that if they play in Toronto, he'll be ready to play. So that means the only other guy that could possibly be in a situation where he can't play in Toronto is Jalen Brown. And I don't even know if this means that Al is vaccinated or not. It just means that Al's saying, well, if we play there, I'll be ready to go, meaning he'll get vaccinated. I'm sure they can both get a Johnson and Johnson if they need to. But Jalen Brown, we don't know. We know that Jason Tatum, out of the guys that didn't go last game, we know that Jason Tatum's good to go because Tatum said at the beginning of the season, he had a bad case of COVID last year. He got COVID again. He said that he got the vaccine, so he would be good to go in Toronto. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Richard. Richard, what's up, man? How you doing, Brian? Hey, Brian, uh, you just basically answered one of the questions I was going to ask you about all the Celtics being vaccinated. So you just answered the question. Yeah, the so, only one we really don't know about is Jalen. I mean, in ter- like the Horford situation, he may not be vaccinated, but he said we'll be good to go if we go to Toronto. So uh, if he's not vaccinated, okay. that means he would get vaccinated, I guess. Okay. So, Brian, the Celtics have five games left. If they go three and two, they win 50 games. I'm looking at the standings. They could end up playing Toronto or either Chicago. If they finish fourth, they have the home, home court advantage. And one more question, Brian. Do you think it was a mistake to rest our guys against Toronto the other night? I mean, honestly, do, do you think that we shouldn't have gave away that game? No, I didn't mind it, Richard, because if you look at it, the night before Tatum and Brown had both played like 35 and 34 minutes. So I didn't really mind it. No, you had an issue with it? Okay. Uh, Yeah, I was just one. I'm just looking at the standings that if Toronto was to go like five and one or run the table, they could conceivably jump to the fourth seed and we and and we played them. They'd have a home court advantage. That's how I was looking at the standard, just playing with the numbers. And another thing, by the way, Brian, Tom Brady's turned into the rest of these athletes. He's controlling the franchise because he has the clout like LeBron James. I love him from the six Super Bowls, but I think he's just like the rest of the other athletes. Now, I'll let you go, Brian, and get your take on that. <laughs> All right, Richard. Appreciate the call, man. So the C's play the Pacers on Friday. That's a win. And they play Washington on Sunday. That's a win. Then you go at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Memphis. And and I know this is going to sound weird, but I'd much rather be the four seed right now than be the two or the three. I don't want to play or the three. I don't want to play Milwaukee in the first round. Like, everybody has this fear of the Nets. I, I don't really get it. I know that Durant's incredible. But if you if I feel like most people that haven't watched them play. <laughs> they can't play defense. They have all one-way players besides Durant. Durant's a two-way player. Good defender. Quite frankly, I'd say underrated defender. The rest of those guys either play offense or defense. They're DHs. They play one side. Let's get to Mike. Mike is in Connecticut tonight. What's up, Mike? Brian, what's up? How you doing? Good, buddy. I got a question for you. Okay. Who do you think is a better actor, Chris Rock, Will Smith, or Tom Brady? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Wait, Will Smith won the Brady Oscar. Thing? <laughs> uh, are you kidding me with that little novel he wrote? Oh. He, he got him fired. As sure as you can snap your fingers, Brian. Oh, my God. You're not kidding, Mike. And, you know, they oh. he- they held off on the announcement. Even Bruce held off on the announcement so it could appear that Brady didn't get him fired. We all know the condition know. It, for it, Tom to come back was you get to get Aaron's the hell out of town or put him up in the front right. office. Hey, let, me, let me ask you something, Brian. Do you think that Brady will get traded during the season? Because everybody thinks no. he's going to be there the whole year. You don't think they'll trade him? 
No, because he got all these guys to go there, right? He got Goblin an extension. He so called. I mean, if they're doing bad, uh, I don't see them doing bad. If Brady's a quarterback, I don't. I don't see them playing poorly. Yeah. Well, when do you figure Gronk will be back? By the end of the week or next week? I don't know. That is kind of weird, isn't it, Mike? That he hasn't. But he hasn't yeah. signed yet. No, he'll be back. He he's loyal to Brady. He'll, he'll Gronk will be back. Yeah, I think he'll be back now, at some point. Do you think he's happy with Bowles as the head coach, though, Brian? I mean, when he obviously the Jets really didn't have him on sound, but he was a terrible head coach. Yeah, but you know, it's tough for me, Mike, to just get on Bowles because he was. They had weren't they ten and six one year when they had like Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. I, you you know more than me. You're amazing with these stats. I mean, you could be right. I thought they. You could be right. Maybe he did have one good year. But yeah, he was did. He the coach when, was he the coach when they had a win? When they had a must-win game and they didn't win against a a, a a terrible Buffalo team. Was he the coach that time? Yeah, it could have been. I mean, I'm not I'm saying not he's sure. a great coach. I'm just saying, like, no. I think Brady is basically running things down there anyway. He's probably fine with it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you hear Arians. So you got to have one for. We gotta have one friendly bet. Then I'm gonna let you go. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you numbers. All Just right. three over and unders. Trevor Story over two sixty five. Mm. I'll say over. Thirty home runs. Under. Ninety RBIs. Under Mike because I th- they haven't hit him late. Knee. They haven't hit him six today. So I'm gonna say under yeah, ninety. I don't, I don't, I don't really like him hitting six. I would, I think, I would rather have him hit and fifth in front of Verdugo. Do you like the the lineup the way they have it? Well, I know this, Mike, that Cora likes Verdugo to hit after JD. And if you track like when Verdugo went behind JD last year, his numbers skyrocketed. So I know he oh, likes okay. that pairing. I don't. Know, and he did say Cora, Mike, today. He said that when. They play lefties, or when they go up against lefties, Devers is going to go back to cleanup, and Story is going to hit second. Oh, I like that. That that I like. Yeah, so he's going to switch that up. Which I'm fine. I trust yeah. Cora like with the lineup. The only the only time that I it irritated me, Mike, and you probably remember this from a couple of years ago. The only thing that yeah. irritated me about Cora with the lineup was: Do you remember a couple of years ago when he kept leaving Benintendi in the leadoff spot and Mookie at second? Yes. And both of them were doing yes. worse than they were the previous year. Yep, worse I, than they ever did. Yeah, yeah I'm like, what is this guy? That was the one thing that I was like, what is he doing? I, I don't understand why he's stuck with that so long. But, other, I mean, I trust Cora making these decisions. And quite frankly, Mike, and I appreciate the call as always, hey, make sure I hopefully wrote those bets down. I think I'm going to be right on all of them. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hit 30 home runs. But uh, close. But um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, the I like Devers hitting second. See, if you look at... Most teams now, you put your best hitter in the two-hole. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani. Well, now it'll be Trout, right? Trout's going to be back in the two-hole when he goes back to the Angels. Most teams, look at the Yankees. They put Aaron Judge in the two-hole. I'm not saying copy everything the Yankees do. But this is now, like it used to be, hey, the three spot, that's where you put your best hitter. Now you put your best hitter in the two-hole. So I like having Devers there. I believe Devers is going to have an absolutely incredible season from an offensive perspective. He's definitely not going to be in contention for a gold glove. He's legitimately the worst defensive third baseman in the sport, but I believe he's going to go 40-plus home runs this season.
And I'm not just saying that because he has four home runs in spring. I felt like the second half of last season, he really found something. Strikeout rate in the first three months was over 24%. It was around 18% in the last three months of the season. I feel like we're going to get a massive Devers here. Oh, speaking of Devers, look who's on the line. Rafael Devers' biggest fan, David in Florida. David, what's going on? Hi, Brian. How are you? Um, fabulous. Good. First of all, you know. Oh, David, hold on. I, I want to thank. I want to thank you for a second. Thank you tonight for calling What's up when up? you're not eating. I appreciate that. Last time you called, you were eating. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I try to be a little more considerate. I just actually finished eating about a half hour ago. So, yeah, I had a nice um, New York strip sirloin. Oh, nice! You're not playing games. No, and then I had a side of broccoli and a baked potato. Whoa, living large in Florida, David. Hey, did you watch? Did you go to any of the games down there? Nope. They weren't worth my time. Why? They're rolling right now, David. Yeah. Story plays. Uh, Yeah, you're not kidding. Talk to Biden about that. I'll tell you. I mean, it's like 4.20, 4.30 a gallon down here. It's incredible. Well, it's killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, about the Celtics, uh, I hate what you just said about 10 minutes ago, and right. I hear it all the time. Not just you, but I'd rather finish fourth because I don't want to face Milwaukee in the first round. I mean, the idea is just to win games. And if you win games, then then you're doing your job. So you don't, you don't, manipulate things because you don't want to finish second because you're afraid to play this team because you have a better matchup against that team. Whatever sport it is, I hate that. And it happens. Hey, David, let me ask you this. Are you, uh, do you like Bill Belichick? You a Bill fan? Of course I am. Okay. So when the Patriots were going into the postseason, I believe this is 2005 or 2006, Bill Belichick, when they were about to win a game, told Matt Castle to throw it out of the end zone in the final game of the season so that the Patriots could play the Jaguars instead of the Pittsburgh Steelers to get a more advantageous matchup. So if you're a Bill fan, don't you think this is a good idea, get the best matchup in the first round? Well, whatever. I don't, I don't, did it work out? I yes. They, the they didn't play the Steelers. They yes, they won. They beat the Jaguars. Yes, they won. Come on, right, let's well, go. Uh, I mean, okay, well. What do you think they uh, lost I mean, to the freaking Jaguars? I don't remember. That was 15 years ago, 17 years ago. Yeah, but you got a good memory, right. David. Yeah, well, my Alzheimer's is kicking in. I don't know. Oh, well, do you I really mean, have Alzheimer's? Well, the end doesn't justify the means in that situation. Do you really so, have Alzheimer's, what? David? Al who? Jeez, <laughs> oh, man, come on! Don't poke fun at that. Hey, you know, you know, you know why the uh, the doctor gave the pony some cough medicine? Why? Because he was a little horse. <laughs> oh my God, David! All right, any Red Sox points before I let you go? Um. So I mean, what's the lineup going to look like? I mean, we got we got Kiki leading off. Yeah, he'll be. I appreciate the call, David. He'll be in the leadoff spot. It'll be Kike leading off, no matter what the situation is in terms of who's on the mound. If it is a righty on the mound like it was today, Devers is going to be in the two hole. 
Bogarts is going to be in the three hole. And then you're going to have J.D. Martinez, Verdugo, Story, Dahlback, Verdugo, or uh, Dahlback, and Jackie Vasquez, and then Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting ninth. That's the situation. They're going to play Jackie Bradley Jr. against righties for now. And at the beginning of the season, <laughs> Alex Cora is saying that J.D. Martinez is going to play in the field against left-handed pitchers, which is a little bit of concern to me because J.D. Martinez last year when he wasn't the DH, uh, he did not fare particularly well in terms of it affected him on the offensive end. And if it's affecting J.D. on the offensive end, <laughs> why do you need him for defense? He's not a good defensive player, right? You look at J.D. Martinez in terms of where he was at, in terms of a DH, was he in right field, was he in left field? If you look at the numbers on the season, it bears out. And look, in the past, this hasn't been the case. He's been fine when he plays in the field. But last year, that was not true whatsoever. If you look at a by position, last year, DH, 487 plate appearances, 306 with a 945 OPS, 26 bombs. As a left fielder, 122 plate appearances. That was in 28 games. He hit 230 with a 641 OPS, just two home runs. And the right field, just seven games, 25 plate appearances, hit 182. So clearly, J.D. Martinez playing the field for whatever reason last year, it affected him at the plate. And I know that Alex Cora has said that part of the reason, and there is some truth to this, I just don't know if it's the reason why. Alex Cora said it was because J.D. was playing like basically every day out in the outfield that it affected him. But man, J.D. Martinez playing out in the field, we saw the numbers last year, it did not work out. So I do believe that part of it is going to be they're trying to get Arroyo up to playing out in the outfield, right? Because they're making that transition, and we've seen him play out there a couple of times now. So I think what the plan is going to be is wait until Arroyo can get healthy enough out there, and then Arroyo will play when there's a lefty on the mound. He'll play in the outfield, and J.D. Martinez can still DH because Arroyo's another guy that he has really staggering splits. You look at Arroyo versus lefties last year, he hit 329, 885 OPS, three bombs, and against righties, he hit just 213. So I'm guessing what the plan is long-term with this whole situation with the outfield is play Jackie and right whenever there's a righty on the mound, and then once we get into the season and Arroyo is more comfortable playing in the outfield, you have Arroyo hit against lefties, and then J.D. goes back to just being the permanent DH. That would be... My assumption. And they're working Arroyo out there right now, which is a good thing because they got to get him more reps out there. He's never been an outfielder. I mean, the guy was a shortstop. He was a second base member. The one time they played him at first last year, he ends up doing that split. He ends up getting injured. So they got to get him up to speed, so to speak. But I did want to get back to the Celtics for a second here. The reason I say, David says, you don't want to play that way. You don't want to rather be the four seed than, say, the three seed. You don't want to lose games or whatever. I just look at it from a strategical, tactical perspective for the Celtics. The reason I say I don't want to see Milwaukee in the first round, first of all, it's because, for my money, they're the favorite in the Eastern Conference. They're the reigning defending champs. And if I'm going to go up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, I do feel like the Celtics are uniquely equipped to handle Giannis when they're healthy because they have a bunch of big, long bodies that... Whenever Giannis gets into the lane, he's going to see a lot of hands. He's going to see a lot of bodies. Uh, most teams in the NBA don't have guys that can put on Giannis. Like, if he plays the Nets, they don't have anyone to put on him, right? Miami would probably counter with a guy like Bam Adebayo. Okay, that's a good matchup. Philly, who the hell are they putting on Giannis? They don't have any. What are they going to put a beat on that guy? He's going to go right around him, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, the Celtics with Robert Williams playing off the ball, 
and destroying things as a help defender. They have bodies they can throw at Giannis. But without Robert Williams, I cannot see the Celtics beating the Bucks in a series. That's why I say it behooves the Celtics to stay in that four spot. It's a good spot for them to be in because then you're looking at getting either Chicago, Toronto, and whoever the hell knows about this situation as it pertains to the vaccination thing. It appears that Al would be ready to go. He told Gary Washburn or he told the media tonight that if they play in Toronto, he's good to go. So I don't know if that means he hasn't been vaccinated yet and he will get the vaccine or he has been vaccinated. And we don't know about Jalen. We do know that Jason Tatum, one of the other guys that didn't play the other night, Jason Tatum did say that he was vaccinated at the beginning of the season. He had COVID last year. So when you look at it from that perspective, we know Tatum's a go. Al says he's a go. You got to take him at his word. So the only question would be, would Jalen be willing to play or would Jalen be able to play in Toronto? But any of those teams that could potentially get that five seed, if you will, out of Cleveland, Toronto or Chicago, the Celtics would curb stomp any of those teams. So that's why I feel like that's the best situation. And quite frankly, i rather play Miami in the second round than Milwaukee. Let Milwaukee take a little bit of punches or a couple of punches from the Philadelphia 76ers in that second round. And here's the other thing. Can you imagine if the two seed is Milwaukee and the seven seed is Brooklyn? I mean, those are two of the three teams in the East that scare you. And look, Miami, you got to throw into that conversation as well. But two out of the three scariest teams in the East, because I believe the Celtics would pepper smack the Philadelphia 76ers. The way they play defense, they invite guys to walk into open jump shots. We saw it. It's not like James Harden changed that. If anything, he makes it worse. I feel like the Celtics would beat Philly. They would beat Chicago. They would beat Toronto. They would beat Cleveland. And if you can get Brooklyn or Milwaukee to eliminate one or the other in the first round, oh, my God. And then Philly in the second round? I mean, this is a perfect situation for the Seas. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. If you want to weigh in the Celtics, who do you want them to play in the first round? Who is the team without? Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Robert Williams, you want them to avoid. And if you do want to weigh in on this Brady thing, you certainly can. at 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. All right, we are with you until midnight. Two big stories of the night. Celtics go down to the heat. They lose another close game. Turnover's an issue for the season, this one. You knew that coming in. That's what Miami wanted to do. They wanted to turn you over. And the Celtics give up 18 points, or the Heat score 24 points, I should say, on the Celtics' 18 turnovers in this game. That's where the Heat lived. They forced the third most turnovers in the NBA. The Celtics played right into that. And the late-game execution, in a word, was atrocious. Let's get to Phil. He is in New Bedford. What's up, Phil? Hey, good evening, my friend. Been a while. Uh, on the Celtics, I'd like to see them Toronto, Chicago, doesn't matter, flip the coin, to, to warm up if they, for when they get to face Milwaukee. Yeah. Just just get some rhythm. I'm with get you some momentum. Um, I think tonight the bench was was pretty consistent overall. I think they, they proved that when when the games are, when it's a tight, close game that they can contribute. And on uh, JD, um, last year, right after Labor Day, you and I were talking about this. I didn't realize the disparity in from the work in the uh, – DH to the outfield, but 
Last year, that piece that we saw, too, by that happening, it also happened in some clutch games where he just didn't have it. So, yeah, I mean, like midseason on. So, yeah, he, he I mean, it was weird, Phil. He started off the season unbelievably well and you felt like, all right, the 2020 thing was just a hiccup. But you're right. I mean, if you look at it, J.D. from April to the end of May, 217 plate appearances. He had 328, 401 on base percentage. 984 OPS, 12 home runs. He was one of the best players in the sport for the first two months. And then you go from June until the end of the season, he hit just 265, 16 home runs, and an 806 OPS. So he wasn't the same guy and in the second half of, of the season. Him going in the outfield happened in that second half. Yep. Yep. And, and that's that's part of it. So I, I don't want him playing in the outfield, Phil, but I so think. Why take away his clutch bat, with, especially in, when you know it's a team that got good defense, pretty good pitching? Why take away a clutch bat? So would you just play, just say screw it, play Jackie out there every day until Arroyo's ready to go? Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it, Phil. I don't mind it at all. I think their whole idea is they want to get Arroyo at bats, too. So maybe on these days. Oh, oh absolutely. And, and that, there's understanding for that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's the problem that they have, Phil, is they're saying, okay. If I but, was the bench coach, right, and you were the manager, and you would say to me game to game, I would literally say, let's figure out who who's that pitcher out there. Let's let's figure this out. If we absolutely had to make that choice, let's look at the pitcher. Yeah, and, and, I, and make that decision game day. Phil, I think ideally what they want to do is they want to platoon Arroyo out there with Jackie Bradley Jr. And because Arroyo, I gave you the numbers earlier, he's absolutely atrocious sure. at hitting right-handed pitchers. So I think ideally what they want to do is JD's going to be the DH every day once Arroyo's ready to play right field. But I don't think they're ready to throw Arroyo out there right now. Now he has played a couple of games out there in the spring, but I think they want to get him more mm-hmm. reps before they put him into game action there. But I be, I believe that's going to be the plan once we get down to it. But I'm with you. It concerns me. Always that... a pleasure, my friend. You too, Phil. You can grab his line if you'd like. Yeah, but... It's 617-779-7937. It does concern me, J.D. playing out in the outfield all the time. Not so much for the defense. Like, J.D., actually, if you look at the numbers, he was fine defensively last year. In fact, he was better than fine. J.D. had a bunch of outfield assists, and if you look at it in terms of the totals last year, his defensive run saved. He was actually up there. Like Janey Martinez on the season, which, I mean, this is absolutely shocking to look at. J.D. Martinez, from a defensive perspective last season, was, what was it, five defensive runs saved. J.D. Martinez, out of all people, right? You think, oh, J.D., big liability. Yeah, five, what was it? E, no, excuse me. Two defensive runs saved and 299 and a third, four outfield assists. So J.D. Martinez was actually pretty good out in the outfield. He wasn't a liability, but the bigger concern is if he's not going to hit because he's playing defense, well, or he's playing out in the field, I should say, well, that's an issue, okay? Now, here's my other concern right now. And I was talking to Brad Fault there. He's calling a bunch of games. You can hear him over on AM850. Here's the concern that I have is this bullpen right now. Because obviously Hugs out of the rotation or into the rotation out of the bullpen, which I, quite frankly I don't really like. But I understand their point in putting them out there because they're in a situation at this particular point in time where they don't have enough starters with the sale injury. So I would rather help pitch five innings a week in three different games than pitch four and two-thirds every fifth day. I, I just don't feel like it's useful having them in that role. And I know you can say, well, small sample size, third time through the order where you had an opponent's OPS over 14. I understand all that. But the problem is, he's inconsistent throughout his outings. And if I look at this bullpen last year, one of the big issues they had 
was the inconsistency. They were just 15th in innings. If you look at it in terms of walk rate, that was their big issue. 24th in walk rate, 10.8%. Jake Diekman has not been sharp in spring training, and this is an issue that Diekman has. He walks, guys. 13% walk rate. That was 125th out of 144 qualified relievers last year. Matt Barnes fell apart in the second half of the season. Really, if you look at it after he got the contract, not the same guy. Pre-contract, 44.6% strikeout rate. Post-contract, 26.5%. Pre-contract, 171 opponents batting average. Post-contract, 268. Was not the same guy. And, by the way, Brad Foe told me today, velocity's down. Okay. Darwinson Hernandez, they're trying to stretch that guy out. Okay. He had a 17% walk rate. That was 190th out of the 191 relievers that threw at least 40 innings. Not good enough. Josh Taylor, who's good against lefties, horrible against righties. Righties hit 327, but he's dealing with a back issue. doesn't even matter. He's not ready to go. Sal Amora, Brad Foe tells me he has not been sharp in spring training. And remember, Sal Amora had that IL trip last season. After the IL trip, 276 opponents batting average. I'm not making this up. A 196 whip. So this is my biggest concern about the Red Sox. It's been my biggest concern about them all offseason. My concern with this team is do you have enough guys that can get outs late in games? The one guy that I know I can depend on right now is Garrett Whitlock. That's it. Who else can you reliably or who else is reliable in the bullpen right now? You tell me. I, I don't know who it is. Darwinson, no. Diekman, I mean, we'll have to see it. I, I guess Strom Bradford tells me he looks good. But this is a guy that didn't pitch much last year. He dealt with an injury. He had knee surgery. So all in all, that's the big concern with the Red Sox. The rotation is not great. Obviously, it's not deep. And the bullpen, I don't know why they didn't add another right-handed arm. That's something I don't understand. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow night. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. A leaf filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So leaf filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus leaf filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling leaf filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. I am so stressed out. The school, home, bills, government, economy, gas prices, vaccines. It is so hard to get anything done and so stressful. We are all stretched to the max with no end in sight. We're all saying the same thing to one another. This is crazy. I'm not the bringer of bad news. I bring good news, and the good news is we're all in this together, and I actually find comfort in that. So let's all take these stress-relieving, mindful breaths together. Don't change the channel. Shh. Take a breath. I'm inhaling. I'm exhaling. Brennan Smoke Shop. Have a great day. 
For more than 130 years, through good economic times and bad, Eagle Bank has stood side by side with our community. Especially during times of financial uncertainty, your goal is to keep your money safe and secure. At Eagle Bank, even during the best of times, the security of your deposits has always been our primary goal. It starts with secure lending practices that have earned Eagle Bank a five-star rating from Bauer Financial. Eagle Bank provides the added benefit of maximum deposit insurance. At Eagle Bank, your deposits are insured not once, but twice. The FDIC insures your deposits up to $250,000, but Eagle Bank offers additional deposit insurance via the DIF, the Depositors Insurance Fund. As a DIF member, Eagle Bank covers all deposits that exceed $250,000, so your entire balance is insured on one account. If right now you're concerned with keeping your money safe. Call Eagle Bank and put it in a safer place. Eagle Bank, Eagle Bank. Learn more at bankeagle.com. Member FDIC, member DIF, equal housing lender. And we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.